All right, we are live. Uh, some of our favorite memories. We have a ton of t- coming through and talking about what we're starting off with us four. Right now, it is me, Pat Lane. With me is Ryan Spagnoli, as you can see. Underneath him is Murph. And then next to him is Taylor Kyles. Guys, how are we doing? Everyone's doing good? Doing well. Great. Doing well. Nice. All right, so. This is the first time I haven't been in a fetal position in four days. <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> One step at a time. I can see that. I want to thank you guys for getting that. me out of it. Yeah. Let's um let's start off. Hey, you know, listen, we we can doing what we can. We're all here. Uh, we're all here. This has been it's been a, it's been a rough few weeks, right? With the with the uh, with the coronavirus thing going on, and then also all the uh, you know. Anything else? It's, it's been a nightmare, and so uh, so we get to chat about some about some memories and uh, and kind of move on. So we'll see. But uh, let's start, Spags. I'm going to start with you. Let Let's start. We're just going to kind of walk through through. Have so I'm going to start off with you uh, with one of your favorite Tom Brady memories, Spags. You're up. Yeah, for me, um, I'm just going to give one, and we'll kind of go around the horn here since it's opening day. I figure we'll go around the horn. But um, for me, it's got to be you – know, obviously, everyone is like the the obvious pick is the 28-3 comeback. But for me, it's got to be Super Bowl 49 um, for Seattle just because it, it put one dynasty to rest and, and you know created another one all at the same time, right? If Seattle wins that game, they've won two straight. They're on a roll there. They're probably – in talks of creating some sort of dynasty. The Patriots win their first Super Bowl in over 10 years. Brady would have lost three in a row. What if that would have done to his legacy? And like I said, just jump-started a complete other one. Then he goes on to what, you know, win three more, playing four, playing four out of five or four out of six, three straight, like insane run. It just jump-started everything. I think that's what really solidified him as the GOAT and jump-started his career to, to what's going on now. Bravo. Bravo. Great way to – and good leadoff batter. Yeah. Who's I agree. Next? I agree. It's a great one. Uh, let's uh, let, let's go clockwise here. So we'll go to Murph. We'll go to Murph next. Murph, you're up, my man. All right, man. Well, I'll jump into the way back. And, you know, um, we'll, we'll go with the first drive, the, the, the drive that started it all. Um, we're going all the way back to six. Um, and, you know, we all remember – that you know what John Madden said, what Tom Brady just did, gave. And if you if if you don't remember, that was um, Madden after Brady had had calmly driven the uh, the underdog New England Patriots down to end another um, dynasty that was about to begin against the thirty six. Excellent. And then I all right. So I guess that's me now. Oh, that's another great one. And then I, uh, I guess I'm. Yep. Do it, Taylor. Oh, I'm so sorry. My thing's a little behind. I can, I can't really hear some stuff. Sorry if I'm just like interjecting a little bit. But all right, now I got it. So I'm gonna go with the 2015 AFC. Now you're good. You're good against the Ravens because as much as I respect them and everything they do, the Ravens are just like I think a lot of people. It's like you got the Jets, you got you know the Bills, Dolphins, whatever. The Ravens are my team. Where it's like if you beat the Ravens, I'm having a good ass night. 
Uh, so this game, obviously, you had the two comebacks. They had to mount yep. two 15-point deficits, which was just incredible to see them come back both times. And the first score of the game was one of those signature Brady moments where he actually runs into the end zone, spikes it, because you could tell they were just kind of hitting a wall early in that game, and they finally broke through, and you could see that energy. I remember Gillette freaking lit up. I remember I was hype at home. I got out of my chair. I was like, let's go, baby. You know, it was just one of those awesome moments from Brady that we all love, and he spiked the ball. And then you had the uh, – uh, I forget who it was. Somebody poked the eye or something. Somebody all fired up, and he was screaming at everybody. Not There was a ref, too. He got in the scrum a little bit. You don't want to see that. But he didn't get in trouble for it, and it was a really cool moment to see from him. You love to just see Brady get really excited. And then, obviously, the rainbow to Brandon LaFell to close it and sink the right. And that was just a beauty. So, in terms of my favorite Brady, wow. obviously, the Super Bowls have their own place in my heart. But this is at the top of the shelf, man. I love that game. That was that was a great memory, man. Brady Brady hitting LaFell just right there. That's that a, was that was fantastic. That's a great one. One of his best passes he's ever thrown. I mean, I'd say it's top five for me. And uh, oh, without uh, a doubt, uh, for me personally, you know, you mentioned that game, Taylor, and yeah, you mentioned that game, Taylor, and and for me, you know, I have I have kind of there's a special place in my heart for that game because uh, I actually left that game at halftime. Um, was sick at home, and she was like, "I don't know if you can go to the game," and she, and you know, she's like, "Ah, you know, I'm gonna be able to go because I'm not feeling well." And we had, uh, I had uh, what a, I guess, on and an almost two year old, and she's like, "You know, Wahlberg's like, I don't know, I'm really feeling bad," and I'm like, "Yeah, I did, I did." So time and is like. She calls me at halftime and she's like, you have, and, and so I was like, what the hell dude? So shut my phone off. I met if I were driving away from the stadium. I got a text from my buddy saying games over the Ravens just scored to go up, to go up 14 again in the second half. I, uh, I shut my, I did, I did uh dinner. I bathed all the kids. I put them to bed and then Nicole is coming in here. And like explains unto me, I'm just you know, all right. So going and I'm watching the game on replay because uh, she had taped the game, obviously, and I'm watching the game on replay in next to the kids' room. So I'm like flipping out, but doing it silently. Basically, all, all parents know, like you when, and you have little kids at home, you're yelling silently because you just can't. You can't kids in the next room sleeping. So my God, when when he ever threw the pass to uh, Amendola losing my mind, and then I'm still on the edge of my seat because I didn't know how much Nicole had. I'm out of the bathroom throwing up, so actually, so so I'm like, I don't so freaking out. And then, of course, Harmony gets the pick at the end, and it's just, oh man. And it's oh. funny because the that year was do your, your job. I agree. It's a great season. My favorite, my favorite season by far. Yeah. To be yeah. honest, just because I was uh, so, uh, so I was. We're gonna Murph and Taylor. Yes. <laughs> we're spotty here. A little bit. A little bit spotty for connection, but so the the guys the yeah. guys with the good connections are gonna leave now, and some, and you guys are gonna have some more. It's my tribe. <laughs> Taylor and I are going to go make some s'mores. All right. You guys have fun. <laughs> Three hours later. Guys, can you guys hear me now? Where did everyone else get kicked off?
All right. Well, I'm not sure exactly what happened. A little bit of a uh, of a of a misstep on my part, but I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add on uh, Alex Barth. Come on. What's up? And and burned. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey there. Uh, hey. So All right. Uh, I don't know what the heck happened, but Disney sponsored microphone just for this. There you go. So... <laughs> Look at hope this you... guy. What a guy. Well, I hope you all hope you all safe. I know it's like it's crazy times out there. So yeah, I hope a bit. It's a. It's, how are things over? How are things over by you? It's good. It's good. You know, like the whole country's in lockdown. So, but I'm used to work yeah. from home, so it's not a problem for me. But you know, it's fun to talk about Brady. So that's that lightens the mood, even though Brady left the Patriots. But just talking football, right. talking about something else, getting the mind off what's going on in the world. That's good. It's a good thing. Right. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So on that note, let's let's kind of continue our discussion here. I know there was a huge breakup. I appreciate uh, I appreciate um, people kind of sticking in. Um, but uh, let's start with let's Alex. Let's go to you. Um, sure. You one of your favorite. Let's let's talk about one of your favorite Tom Brady memories. So you guys just ran through on the previous segment a bunch of the a uh, bunch of the playoff ones. So I'm just going to go with a couple of regular season ones just for me personally. Um, the game against the Saints. Unicorn show ponies, where's the beef? I mean, you want to talk about just one of the all-time right. great days in Boston sports. Like winning a championship, obviously, that's a monumental day. But you talk about like the complete day, right? Start to finish and just having all of it in the picture. Uh, because people forget the Bruins won uh that day too, I believe. So three for three. But just I mean, yeah. that that whole day is just such a great memory. And obviously that touchdown pass is is right there at the center of it. I would also go with the the first game back from the knee injury against Buffalo because he had been in the league 10 years at that point, almost 10 years. And that at one point was because they're like, right. is this the end? Will he be the same player? ACL injuries were a lot different back then than they are now. And he struggled at the beginning of that game. People forget that. He did not have a good start initially coming back from that knee injury, turns it around in the fourth quarter, the comeback, the fumble, of course, on the kick return. Um and then Tom Brady, you are Tom Terrific, right? Gil Santos. So that to me was, you know, that was almost the end. That was almost the end 10 years before it should have been. And he kind of pulled himself back from the brain, not from yeah. the brink, you know what I mean? And then just a personal one for me is the 59 nothing game against Tennessee. I remember I was in, I might have been in middle school. I was in middle school, high school. My parents would take my brother out. They had a thing they had to be at all day. So I had a house to myself. It was snowing. I got the fireplace going. I just raided the kitchen. I'm just watching the Patriots tear apart this opponent in the snow, throw back uniforms, just everything about that game. You talk about like the romance of football, right? Everything about that game and about my experience watching it is what we get romantic about with oh, football, yeah. at least at a young age. So that one for me, I know that's not like, I mean, it's a, it's a great Tom Brady game, but that one's always taken on a little more meaning to me personally, just because of my experience watching it. Yeah. No, listen, that's great. It's funny that you mentioned those because I'm a season ticket holder and uh and I just talked about how I was how I was not there for half the Ravens game, but the first two games you mentioned, I wasn't at either of those games either. Uh I was getting my master's degree and I was gonna skip my Monday night class and they were like, If you skip twice, 
you you automatically yeah, it's like well i can't skip that i guess like i was so mad and of course the crazy finish happens and i was even i was in class for the whole game because it was a six to ten yeah. it was like a six to ten class or something like that so i was in class for most of it i think i saw like the last the final it's ridiculous but saints one my buddy got married and i remember i'm like checking my phone nonstop, and uh I was so mad and my buddy's brother, my buddy's father pulled his minivan around to the back, to the back of the function hall. And we're all crowded around his minivan, listening to the game on the radio. And we couldn't believe, you know, uh, Zoe loses his mind and we're flipping out, jumping up on like, it was, it was awesome, but it's a great memory. And like you said, the Red Sox game. So I'm sleeping at my, at my in-laws that night. And, uh, and I watched the Red Sox game with my sister-in-law. You know, I watched Ortiz hit the home run, and it was just—it was unbelievable. So, just what a, what a great day for Boston sports, you know. So, um, but man, that yeah, those those two games really you mentioned are, were all great games. They really were. So, uh, all right, Burnt, you're up, my man. Well, I, I wrote about you know we wrote about our favorite Tom Brady me- memories on Pat's pulpit when he announced that he would leave the Patriots, and what I wrote about was covering him at the Super Bowl and Alex I know you were there as well in Atlanta I mean just you know watching him in person and watching him on this stage and now in hindsight we know it's his last Super Bowl and playoff win with the Patriots that was an unreal experience for me personally because I wasn't there for the last two we sent Rich Hill Mm -hmm. so just being there it's crazy but that being said when I when I look at you know Tom Brady and the Patriots and what they meant personally to my upbringing from you know this little kid in Austria who just watches the sports for fun and doesn't understand a thing to professionally writing about it now, I would say the first game I ever watched from start to almost finish was Super Bowl Thirty Six and that's my favorite memory because you know I went to school I was ten years old. So I asked my parents to tape the game for me. So, to, you know, back then, it was the early 2000s, you had VHS tapes. So my parents put the tape in. Don't worry about it. So I went to school next year, locked myself off completely, which was easy because there was no internet, at least the way we know it. So I got home from school, popped the tape in, and watched the game. And I didn't understand a thing. That's I only awesome. knew that everybody was saying, get yeah, the Rams, <laughs> they're going to win, big favorites. And they were almost explaining the rules along the way. That's back in the days they showed only one game per year in Austria. That was the Super Bowl. So I watched the game. I kind of felt like, hey, everybody's everybody's saying the Rams are going to win. Of course, I'm rooting for the Patriots. I'm rooting for this young guy that nobody ever heard of that was playing quarterback. And, you know, Tom Brady, in case you just forgot what history was like. And I watched the, t- I watched the video and it was... I remember the Rams scored a late touchdown to tie the game with 120 to go. And suddenly out of the blue, the tape just ends because my parents didn't know how long the game would be because, you know, time varies. And I never actually saw that final drive live. I never saw that until the next year when they showed it as part of the highlight reel from the previous Super Bowl. That's the only first time I saw Tom Brady march down the field. That's the first time I saw Adam Vinatieri kick the field goal. I knew the Patriots won because, you know, the papers were writing about it, but I never actually saw it. And it's still such a vivid memory in my mind. And it's still such a, like a funny story to 
get to know Tom Brady, if you will, that that's still my favorite memory. There's been a lot of them, but that's the, the special one, in my opinion. So I have kind of a similar story to that. That's great. Where I, I, I wasn't super familiar with the game. I was six that year when they went on that run. And I was just sort of getting into the sport. And we're watching the Snow Bowl. And I remember my parents, because I had school the next day, like you said, like you did. My parents said I had to go to bed by, it was a certain time, whatever it was, maybe like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And I could kind of see, I just wanted to make it to the end of the game, right? I didn't understand playoffs. I didn't understand what that meant, that like this was the whole season or the stakes of the game. I just wanted to be able to say, watch the game start to finish. So all this, I'm watching the clock count down. I'm like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to watch the end of the game. That's all I was rooting for in the moment. And all of a sudden, they stop playing for like minutes. And, and they're dragging it out and they keep showing the same play over and over. And I remember getting angry with my dad and my, and my mom and saying, you can't like, you have to let me stay up later. You can't count this time. Cause there's no game going on. I'm like, this needs to end. This needs to end. This needs to end. Little did I know I was wishing my way through the tuck room. And that's, that that's was awesome. the problem. Like, yeah. My parents ultimately let me stay yeah. up. But you know, I look back on that and I always laugh because I, I just wanted it to end. I was just like, figure out whatever. It doesn't matter. Keep going. Right. Finish, finish the game. And, you know, if I got my wish, there's no Tom Brady. So it's kind of funny. And, yep. and that's what I'm thinking about a lot in this. And it goes to your point of covering the Super Bowl, too, is that, you know, I was lucky. I grew up five minutes from the stadium. And I was lucky enough to experience Tom Brady as a little kid who really, like, didn't understand the ins and outs of it, but just, like, watching this guy dominate. And that, that was all I understood. And that was all I cared about. And then I got to be a little older and I was in high school and I understood it. And I was, I was still a fan, but there was like a deeper understanding, a deeper appreciation. And then I got to, you know, that same six-year-old kid who wanted the tuck rule to end so he could see the end of the game is asking Tom Brady a question at the Super Bowl and covering him for two full seasons as a credential reporter. Like I got to experience so many different angles of Tom Brady. Uh, you know, fr- from a young fan to an older fan to um, to a reporter, and I'm, I just, you know, I'm 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 super grateful for that. That I got all these different perspectives on his career, and I think that you know that's something I look at yeah. both as a as a reporter and as a sports fan. Something I I feel very lucky about. I mean, you, you know, like that's a right. run like that never happened. That's you know, no guy comes in and wins six Super Bowls as a six round draft pick, so just to experience the growth of Brady alongside a personal growth, if you will, that's something right. that goes beyond sports, in my opinion. And it's really it's really fun to look back on it and really a lot of appreciation to being able to witness that and to being able to work alongside that. And um, it was a fun run with the Patriots. That's just, that's all I can say. It was, it was really fun and it was, yeah. Great writing about Tom Brady, watching Tom Brady play, and yeah. And you know what it was, too? It was, you know, it, it was a sure thing. You knew that, like, if you had a, a crappy week or you were in a bad mood or just, like, you needed a pick-me-up, you could turn that game on on Sunday, and Tom Brady was going to make you feel better. And we had that as a constant in our lives for 20 years. And I remember because I, I went to school in New York, yeah, and with a bunch of Jets fans and Bills fans, and hearing the way they talk about their quarterbacks and just think like, but they would talk about, you know, the Bills fans would talk about Drew Bledsoe, 
the Jets fans would talk about Chad Pennington, right? Those were their childhood quarterbacks. They talked about, they would, the way I talk about Tom Brady, they would talk about these guys who hadn't played in a decade. And it kind of made me feel like, you know, my childhood, I, I, at 25 years old, I got to watch my childhood quarterback go out there and lead a comeback on a Super Bowl, right? I got to see that. It's like my child, it never really felt like my childhood ended right. until last Wednesday, which happened to be a week no. before my 26th birthday yep. when leave where your childhood ends, you have to get your own health insurance. But it was <laughs> like, no, to, to see the way, uh, to get out of New England and see the way other fan bases talk about their quarterbacks, that is when I got the true appreciation for what we were seeing. And that is part of the reason this hit so hard. And I, I get the Stidham thing. And people want to get on with Stidham and be like, he's good. Let's get behind him. And I think that's fine. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm on board with that. But I think there does need to be some recognition that, you know, not just as an X's and O's hit. And I get that sports are their own separate thing and they don't right. matter in the grand scheme of things. That's fine. But you look at the impact Brady had on so many people just personally, you know, in, in your day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year well, life, him being the quarterback of the Patriots, like that, that's what you're losing here. Not just the quarterback for your football team, but like that element. I agree. I agree. And actually, I do want to talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to cycle bar, uh, Alex and Burned off. Uh, don't go away, guys. If you can stick around, you know, I, I'm, I want to have try, to try to try to have you guys back on. But I do want to bring in Mark uh, and and Brian. Not that they're old. I'm not, I'm not calling you guys old, okay? But they're old enough to remember a time before because my, my best memory, my memory of all time is before Tom Brady. It's uh it's actually a Drew Bledsoe memory, and it's it's actually it's specific to me because uh, 1994. As some people may remember, uh, Tom Brady, uh, I'm sorry, Drew Bledsoe broke the record for uh, most passing attempts and most passing completions in a game against Minnesota. And it was just, it was a phenomenal memory. And it, and it has a lot to do with me and my dad and uh, how I was there, but I was 10. And and so that's that's kind of a, a, a thing that's that's kind of burned in my mind. And we'll talk about that and I, I'll get more into that. But I do want to introduce Mark and Brian. Yo, guys, welcome on. Thank you for waiting. And, uh, you know, let's uh, let's talk some, let's talk some Tom Brady. What's going on, Go Pat? Good to see you guys. Good to see you, Brian. What's going on? Not take, you too. take it away, Mark. Yeah, I mean, look, look, this is obviously this is 20 years of our lives. And like for me, from where I sit, you know, I, I guess as somewhat of an elder statesman, I guess, you know, my first Patriots memories are Super Bowl 20, you know, with the fridge dropping a touchdown on our heads with you know, the ridiculous New England, the Patriots and we fight song, which was played on like you know, a channel like V68. And it was just you had this like strange sense that somehow this team is going to be able to stop that Bears, you know, 46 defense. It was just a nightmare. And then, you know, obviously a couple of years later, well, I guess like 10 years later or so, they make a run to another Super Bowl against the Packers and Desmond Howard, of all people, wins. Super Bowl MVP with two kick returns, you know, running past Adam Vinatieri. Like this was a franchise that despite those two runs was like struggling for a while. And I think if you ask most New England sports fans sort of in the pre Brady era to rank your four favorite Boston franchises, New England Patriots are coming in fourth in that ranking. And it turns around and it turns around 
on a dime when this kid and, and what's weird for me is Tom Brady's basically like my, my age. Like I'm seven months older than this guy. And so, you know, to see somebody coming into a game that's basically your age, taking over the, the reins for the, this franchise that you love, but has sort of let you down from time and time again, and just turn it around on a dime. You, nobody saw this coming. It was incredible. And as far as like favorite Brady moments, you know, there are so many that I could talk about, but for me, the one that sticks out in my mind more than anything else is at the end of that drive in Super Bowl 36, when he spikes the ball, they had just gone down the field. John Madden's in the booth screaming that they need to sit on it and play for overtime, but they go out there, they get themselves in position to win this game and he spikes the ball. And in the midst of all this chaos, and I can only imagine what his heart rate was at that moment. He just calmly like sticks his hand out as the ball, like starts to drop back to and just gently yeah. catches it and hands it to the ref. And I mean, it's just, he's my age. He's in the middle of the biggest event of his life and he's that calm. And then you hear after, that he like took a nap in the locker room before yeah. the game started. Like that's who Tom Brady was. Like he was never, you know, afraid of the moment. And that would be the mark of his career, but we were seeing it play out that night. And so, you know, I have other memories I could talk about, but that is one that will always stick in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it would give me chills there, Mark. Um I mean, Super Bowl, I feel like Super Bowl 36 is like number one. It has to be number one on like everybody's list. I know like all the brackets, anytime somebody puts out a bracket, it's like Super Bowl 36 ends up being yeah. the winner, right? And it's, you know, it's, it kicks off the dynasty. And I love, I love the, uh, uh, the do your job. Or I don't if it's the Super Bowl, one of the Super Bowl specials when they talk about, um, when Brady talks about how Drew Bledsoe comes up to him before that final drive and just says, go sling it, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, like that, that, yeah. that, that chills like every single time for me, like the two, the two Brady moments, like, because I'm, I'm a Michigan fan too. So, and, and I went to like high school and college in Michigan and all my buddies are Michigan fans and, and Detroit lions fans and stuff. And, uh, and so I grew up a Michigan fan because my stepdad likes Michigan state. And so, you know, screw you. I'm going to be a Michigan fan. And I remember watching drew or uh, drew hence the, the drew hence and Tom Brady back and forth. And I was like, man, Brady, Brady is killing it. Like, why are, why are we going away from, why are we going away from Tom? And then Tom ends up over you know, ends up coming out on top of that. And, uh, and then he goes to the Patriots, and in in the rest is history. For me, Super Bowl thirty six is one of my two moments, just because um, my dad drove up from Atlanta uh, to watch the Super Bowl with me and my brother. And then from then on, he drove up every year, regardless of who was in the Super Bowl. He drove up every year and we watched the Super Bowl together. And I didn't get to see my dad a ton growing up, so that was a really cool thing to share that with him. And then. When when somebody asks me for the, the 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 Brady pass that sticks in my mind, it's what ten minutes and thirty eight seconds left in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl forty nine against uh, against Seattle down by you know down by two scores and it's third and fourteen yeah yeah 14, third third yeah. third and fourteen steps up in the pocket looks off Bobby Wagner. And just fires an absolute dart to Julian Edelman. If you don't complete that pass, it's probably the game. Um, you know, down by two sure. scores already. Then they start giving it to Marshawn, and you know, from there, 
from there you have a long uphill battle. But like the when you need it throw throws an absolute missile to Jules. Jules, I don't I don't still don't know how he how he survived the hit. Um he probably <laughs> didn't. Um but <laughs> yeah. uh that's that's the throw for me. That's that's the Brady moment. And for whatever reason it's that one because there's a million of them, right? But that's the one for me that that sticks that sticks out and it pops up immediately in my head. So that's that's the one I'm going with. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just I mean, think I think that the kid Go ahead, Mark. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, since Brian sort of brought up some throws, I mean, there are – he's right. There are so many Brady throws where it's just like I don't understand how he did that, especially at his age. I mean, the one that always sticks to me is the opener of the overtime drive against Atlanta, that out route to Amendola where <sighs> I just oh, don't yeah. know how he put that where he put it. I mean, that's – you know, Brian said he was getting chills earlier. I'm getting chills now just thinking of that one. So, I mean, that's a deep out route yeah. with tight man coverage that he put it in a shoebox. And again, he's what, 40 at the time? I, I just, and, and it's weird yeah. for me. Like, uh, again, I'm seven months older than the guy. My back is hurting right now just talking to you guys. <laughs> it takes me 40 minutes to get out of bed in the morning. And he's out there right. slinging it against the uh, a very good Atlanta defense that yes was tired but he's putting the ball yeah. in an absolute shoebox and yeah. and then uh, the overtime drive against the Chiefs now some of those throws were pretty open but it's what 20 degrees he's playing in a scuba suit he's got Edelman screaming at him on the sideline yeah. and he's too old and he's coming out there and converting <laughs> three third in lawns on the road hostile environment to get to another Super Bowl I mean that's that stuff. If you pitch that as a movie to Disney, they're laughing you out of the office. They're saying, no, that's not possible, right. but he's doing it. And I mean, that's just more than anything else. When we had 12, we had a shot like and, and that's the thing that stings the most is that confidence that no matter what, you know, we had the guy. Now we don't have that guy. We hope Stidham can be him. But yeah, I'll miss some of those throws, man. I will miss some of those. Well, that's, you know, I just think, and, and you mentioned it and how um, Brian was talking about it earlier, like the, the kids, you know, and I think for, for children, you know, when you start to see success, obviously, and, and of course, like your, you know, your sports fandom depends on what you see when you're a kid. And, you know, and that's, so I alluded to before you guys started, you know, about my favorite moment back in 1994 against, against the Vikings. And I remember we're losing 20 to nothing. And my dad turns to me and says, okay, if Matt Barr, Matt Barr, that's a, that's a throwback for you. Hey. Matt Barr hits this field goal. They're going to win the game. And I'm like, get the hell out. There's no chance they're going to win the game. And, you know, of course they end up, they end up winning the game. Brady, th uh, sorry, Bledsoe throws 52 passes in the fourth quarter and overtime combined and hits Kevin Turner for a touchdown pass in my end zone. And it was, and that moment to me, out of all the great Brady moments out of every single moment, you know, with the Patriots, that's still my favorite moment and not because it meant more than any of the Super Bowls, but because for me as a kid being at the game with my dad, like that memory sticks in my head. So when anyone, ever, anytime anyone talks about what's your favorite Patriots moment, that's it. You know what I mean? And so for these kids that grew up on Tom Brady, you grew up with that confidence that it's great. Like he does it all the time, every single time. And, and, you know, so not having that in your life anymore, is going to be challenging. And even for me, who's, you know, I mean, I'm 36, well, almost 36. And like, so, but I feel the same way. The majority of my adult life, 
mean, they won the they won the O one Super Bowl when I was a senior in high school. So it's not like, you know, so the majority of my adult life, it's been the same thing with Brady, where it's like we're gonna win because we just give them the ball. You know, like I still can't believe we didn't beat Philadelphia in the 2017 yeah. Super Bowl because we had the ball down five with two minutes left. I'm like, there's no chance. Clearly we're going to go down and score and, and, you know, score a touchdown and, and win the game because that's what Tom Brady does, you know? And so it's stuff like that, that I'm really going to miss. And, and I think what people can't understand, you know, and you're right. Like we just have to appreciate how great Brady was because nothing can compare to it. Like we just, you you can't understand what it was like before and you can't understand what it's been like for any other team because we haven't been those teams. And so to not have him on our side, yes, we all hope Stidham is the guy. And, and a lot of us think Stidham is the guy. Um, but you know, does that mean he's going to be next Tom Brady? Like, I don't think so, you know, and, and because there is no other Tom Brady, it's not, you can't say there's going to be, he's going to be the next Tom Brady because it's unfair to even say that to anyone, you know? So, yeah, I mean, just to, right, to, so, well, that whole thing with, with with being clutch, like I've since come to the realization that, you know, the whole is is momentum real, is being clutch real, and like Tom Brady is the ultimate outlier, the ultimate anomaly, right? I mean, because outside of uh, outside of the Brandon Graham sack strip, he's come through in every other possible situation, you know. So yeah. it's just. It's just it, it it is mind-boggling that every single time they needed they they needed a big play, it was Tom Brady providing it. And uh yeah, I mean, I've been pretty uh, it's been pretty dark uh thinking about the future with with Jared Stidham because like Pat said, even if he is quote unquote the guy, it's not going to be Tom Brady. And Tom Brady covered up so many issues with 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 rosters. I mean, they want to win a Super Bowl with that 2001 team and that roster was insane. The 2003 team, obviously, and 2004 teams were obviously much more talented. But like some of the some of the skill players that he has been working with over the course of his career, to to put up the numbers and to put up the performances that he that he's put up, um, is my it's mind blowing. And um, you know, I, I don't know if they're gonna have. Uh, you have to have a perfect roster and in, in growing up in Detroit, in the Detroit area and watching lions fans struggle with this and watching other fan bases every year say, yes, that, you know, be overconfident in their quarterback moving forward and, and only to have it, you know, come to not come to fruition every year. I've, I've seen it up close and it's, it's ugly and it's what we're headed for right now. Hopefully, hopefully it turns out better than it, than, than we, than, than it could. Um, but we never had to worry about it. For 20 years, you didn't have to worry about the most important position in professional sports in New England, and that's uh, that, that is, it's going to be quite the change. So, but um, yeah, I mean, better better than not having them. Yeah, I mean, Brian, you, you're talking about yeah. how he was able to sort of mask deficiencies on rosters. You look at the players that caught Super Bowl touchdown passes from him. You've got David Patton. You've got guys that we know. You've got three from Mike Vrabel. He threw three <laughs> Super Bowl touchdown passes to a linebacker. I, I mean, that speaks for itself. The only thing he yeah, couldn't do is catch passes point. in the Super Bowl. Right. That's the only thing he couldn't <laughs> yeah, do. I and I think That's if he it. had a oh, no, shot, do it, it. You're right. You're right. He probably would. 
So, all right, let's, um, what I want to do is br- I actually want to bring Alex and burn back on, uh, cause we're going to kind of wrap this, wrap this, uh, wrap this guy up. Here's Alex and burn. Oh boy. Let's hope we don't overheat the system here. So I just, I just want to, uh, I just want to kind of finish us off. You know what I mean? So, yep, there we are. There we are. We're all on. So now it's a party. Um, I think, you know, you're totally right. Someone had mentioned this. That's right. See, now here we are. We're all here to party. You know what I mean? But uh, no, someone had mentioned the old one uh, snowball. I just want to go back to that moment because, again, as a fan in the seats, sometimes a little different as a fan in the seats than it is like for, for someone at home just because you you see and hear different things. And so, like Alex was talking about um, – Alex was talking about how, uh, how like he was wishing that moment away, you know, and, um, and I remember, so, you know, the, obviously the play happens and everything and then they go to review it and, you know, we're all dejected. I'm there with my dad and my uncle and we're dejected. We're just like, this sucks. Like it's over. And on the, on the intercom, on the, on the uh, radio, the, you know, the sound system at, at Foxborough starts playing, I can feel it coming in the air tonight by Phil Collins. And that comes on and I I'm still getting chills thinking about it. And I like turn to my dad and we all like turn to look at each other. And we're like, Oh my God, like something's going to happen. Like something crazy is going to happen. Like there's no way that that was an incomplete pass, but like that song is on and just, and we all just felt it like something's going to happen. And so then he comes out, of course, Walt comes out and he says, you know, the quarterback's arm was moving forward. And I still, to this day, you know, I we never we didn't hear the rest of it because we didn't need to hear the rest of it. As soon as he said that, ever, the place went ballistic. And then for them to obviously drive down, and I was uh, that was a that moment to me, like that game. That's probably my favorite Brady game ever because because of that. And you know, you start to look at it, and and to me, I felt like I was in the zone. Then I remember the you know, you guys probably remember when Patton dropped it and Wiggins caught it, and I so I sit in the north end zone, so I've always sat, and uh, so I'm behind the play. And Wigan, uh, Patton drops it, and everyone, everyone in my section kind of sat down, and I'm up screaming, Wiggins! And everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, Wiggins caught the ball. And they're like, what? And so, and Adam kicked it. Uh, I was behind Adam when he kicked it, and so I never saw it. I saw it leave his foot super low, and I'm like, oh, no. But but never saw it again. And so I looked to, to the crowd behind you know, in the, in the South end zone behind that goalpost. And they started going nuts. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And the refs look at each other and they put their hands up and we just went nuts. It was unbelievable. It's just, and that's the type of stuff where it's like, though that moment will never, I, I mean, it will never, that changed everything. Oh, one changed everything. Think about it. And, and you said, Mark, think about the time before then of how much of a loser city Boston was. We were all losers. The Red Sox were losers. The Celtics hadn't won since 86. Like, you know, and and even the Bruins hadn't won since the 70s. And so you're like, you know, the whole town stinks and we're all losers. And then that one season, since then, we've won more championships than anyone else, you know, in a 20-year span. It's unbelievable. And so, you know, what we've been able to do since then, it didn't just change the Patriots franchise. It changed, in my opinion, all of Boston sports and really the fan in Boston is now changed from what he was 20 years ago. It's, it's unbelievable. I think there's a legitimate tie there too, because, and this doesn't get talked about nearly enough. I think in this city is at the end of the day, well, the team support each other. That's awesome. That's one of the things that makes Boston great. 
they are in some ways in competition yeah. with each other, right? You know, which jersey you can buy Celtics jersey, Patriots jersey, Brewers jersey, which team you can buy tickets for, this and that. And all of a sudden the Patriots roll off, not just in 01, but then in 03, they win again too. If the Patriots don't emerge as this juggernaut, do the Red Sox get aggressive and go out and get Kurt Schilling? Do the Celtics get as aggressive as they did yeah. and pull the trigger to get Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen? You know, th- these teams were forced to not, ju- they're not just competing in their own leagues. They were forced to compete within the city for our attention. And so I, I get yeah. like, people say like, oh, you know, they, they, it's different sports. They all emerge. It's not like they're in the same league, but there, there is, everybody who works in sports is competitive. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that John Henry, um, Jeremy Jacobs, the, the Celtics ownership. I know that it was a different owner at the time the Patriots were going off, but I don't think it's unfair to say that they looked over their shoulder, that they looked 20 miles south into Foxborough, saw what was happening and said, we've got, we've got to get on this level now. The Patriots are building a dynasty. We have to get to that point to maintain competitive in this city, or this is become, going to become a football town. And it ultimately did. But I, I like to think that the Patriots did in a way push those other three teams and then the other three teams pushing back, you know, and it, it's a snowball effect. But I like to think the Patriots pushed these other teams to get them in gear and create this city dynasty that we've seen for the last 20 years. Forget the six Super Bowl rings. I'm talking about the 12 parades there. It's a good point. Right. Really good point. You watch all That's my buddies in Detroit at some point, uh, like a couple months ago, it was, uh, or at the end of the last baseball season, they uh, the Lions were last in the NFC North. The Tigers were dead last, were the worst team in baseball last year. And the Red Wings and Pistons were both in the bottom of their division last year. And and like I, I was home visiting family and I listened to Detroit Sports Radio just for a little bit. And it was the most grim, like it, so so completely removed from what the Boston fan has at their disposal it has 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 dealt with it's uh it's it's pretty wild it's exactly the opposite of what has of, of your point alex which i think is which is great because you, you you have to compete for for dollars i mean not everybody can just go out and buy a season ticket package to each and every team you know it a lot of people that are buying season tickets are just are, are dedicated to one team and you know if everybody's standing in line to get Patriots season tickets and nobody wants Red Sox season tickets. That's a problem for John Henry, obviously. So that's a good point. I, like, I think too, like you said, with, with you know the other cities and where they're at, you know, how many cities get excited about first overall picks? Do you know who the last first overall pick was in Boston? It's Bledsoe. And before yeah. Bledsoe was Sean Thornton. So yeah, like we haven't been in a right. sp- we haven't been in a spot like that. Joe, and they had Joe the first Thornton. overall pick, but they traded for it and they traded it away. The Celtics did, but. Like that's, yeah. you know, I, I, again, I, I talked to friends who are Bills fans, friends from New York, whatever. And they talk about, oh yeah, you know, it's so cool when you have a first overall pick and it gets the city all excited. I cannot relate to that. I've never <laughs> experienced what? that. I was two years, <laughs> Bledsoe's 96. I was two years old. It might've been a year and a half old when Drew Bledsoe got drafted. So I have no concept of what a top overall pick is like. I, I can't wrap my head around that. My first Patriots game. Yeah was uh was his rookie year against it was a home loss against the lions uh in overtime it was the most like looking back it's the most disgusting game of all time like it was all field goals and brisby caught a touchdown at the end to tie it and they lost in overtime on a jason hansen field goal and like i think it was uh who was it reynolds or something uh the, the running back had like eight like 20 carries for like 40 yards it was bad um yeah 
yeah, old Gillette, you know, or old Foxborough Stadium. Old yeah, Foxborough. Old Foxborough. I love that man. place. It was a dump, but I loved it. <laughs> Trash. It was a dump, but I love. Yeah, yeah. I just want to. I want to point out uh, some of the comment. Uh, some of the comments in here. Rick Keeler. Hey, thanks for sharing. Uh, for sharing your story, man. Uh, you know, living and growing up in New York, and uh, you know, be, being a Patriots fan. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So, and uh, the other one is my actually my sister. My dad always tells this story, but I'll, I'll tell it to you uh, as well. For those of you that are out there that can't read the uh, can't read the comments, obviously, but um, you know. Basically, for for him, right? He's had season tickets forever. He's had season tickets from '71 on, pretty much. And you know, guys are always laughing. I'm like, "What are you doing? Going to the Patriots games? That's stupid," you know. And uh, and and he he remembers actually remembers giving a legitimate standing ovation for the Patriots cross on the 50 yard line playing at Fenway in the uh, in the in the late '60s. And uh, and now you don't have six banners is just is unbelievable. And so. For the and we talked about you know the the kids obviously but for the for the adults that have been around you know for the old timers uh and yes that's a shot of you dad for the uh, for the old timers um that have been around and, and and stuck with the team forever you know for years and you see a lot of people around this area weren't Patriots fans they were Giants fans they were you know they were Redskins fans they were whatever because number one the Patriots games weren't televised and number two the Patriots were always terrible. And so they, you know, they latched onto another team, you know, the Steelers or, or whoever else. And so, but for those fans that stuck around that have been here the entire time, it's, uh, it's really kind of, it, it's, it's unbelievable for them to be able to experience that. And that's, you know, that's, that's something really cool that, that obviously, you know, hopefully, well, will never happen again because, well, I mean, maybe a hundred years from now, if the Patriots are terrible for the next 50 years and, and then, but you know, but won't happen again because of the success we've had for the last 20 years. I loved hearing like Burns story about how they play one NFL yeah. game a year and you didn't get to see the end of it until the following season. It was like, Oh, Oh, you missed it. Sorry. Like you'll catch the highlights <laughs> next year. So, yeah. Now that's why I'm up now every, every Sunday night watching all the games <laughs> because you never know, you know, when it's going to happen again. Right. And that's the case. I, with, right. That's, sorry. That's the case with Brady. You never know when something like that is going to happen again. I mean, you know, you have Mahomes in Kansas yeah. City. You have a lot of talented quarterbacks, but something like Brady, that's, that was like, not even Joe Montana did that. But that's unique. Here's the thing about Brady and Mahomes yeah. to me. And people are like, oh, see, Mahomes can break all these records, whatever. Like, Mahomes is coming in in 2019. The game's, the game favorites quarterbacks right now. Everything is designed for right. quarterbacks specifically built like him to succeed. When Brady came in, I mean, that that wasn't heard of. The kind of things he was doing, that had not – it was basically Manning was the only other one who had approached that. The idea of a quarterback being that – you know, it sounds weird now, but the idea of the quarterback being that central to the offense, that crucial, running everything through him – when you had got, you know, you you had teams regularly with two thousand yard rushers. You had Tampa go to the Super Bowl next year with Mike Allstott and I forget if it was Warwick Dunn or, or or Pittman that year. You know, you had those guys going off. You had this is a little later the Sean Alexanders, the Larry Johnsons, the Priest Holmes, yep. the Damian Tomlinsons. These are the guys that offenses were run through. The quarterback was still the field general, but outside of a handful of guys, Marino, Montana, Young, uh, Elway, right? The running back was the superstar. And Brady came right. in, That's and true. there is no Patrick Mahomes if it's not for Tom Brady. There is no Aaron Rodgers if it's not for Tom Brady. None of these guys exist because he right. was able to allow Bill Belichick and Charlie Weiss to create that that system. 
I think my favorite part, my favorite play that in, that encapsulates everything the quarterback had to deal with when Brady entered the league was the tie law pick six in Super Bowl thirty six, with just how bad Kurt Warner gets absolutely crushed mm-hmm. yeah. by Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Like, like you had, to, you had. To, I mean, it, it's yeah. it would be an ejection today. Like, no, no questions asked. Like, clear. Yeah. Like, for, like almost two full seconds after releasing the pass, it felt like. Um, that's they what they had to do later in that game, and he he took the next snap. Yeah, tough times. Yep. R R I P. Yep. <laughs> so, I know, right? So, uh, so listen, I, I want to, I want to kind of wrap things up. What I'd like to do is kind of go around and give some closing thoughts. I do want to mention, uh, Ryan Kieran is not on the show, but he did ask me to mention, uh, the Brady pass to Randy that broke, uh, that, that, oh, you know, was the touchdown to go ahead to, to make it 16 and 0, broke the passing touchdowns record and broke the receiving touchdowns record all in one pass. Uh, pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome there. And uh, also someone mentioned to me the 06 season where they lost to Manning in the AFC championship game, heartbreaking loss. But that, that's one that that would have been an easy Super Bowl victory against a terrible bears team. Maybe the worst team to make the Super Bowl in the last 20 years. Um, and, uh, and they would have wiped the floor with that team. And unfortunately, of course uh, the Colts get their, get their, uh, get their only championship in that one. But um you know, really some, some great memories, but I just kind of want to, I want to, I'm going to start off and then we'll go, we'll go clockwise. So we'll go Mark next and Brian, then Alex and burned to finish us off. But, um, but I just, you know, again, I just want to reiterate, we're just so lucky. I, I think, you know, and I think what we haven't really, and look, we talked about this last year with, with this Gostowski getting injured. And, you know, we had said, well, you don't understand how lucky we are to have a reliable kicker until we get someone that's not reliable. And then, you know, we shuffled through 14 kickers last year and you're like, wow, maybe Gostowski was better than, than what we thought. Right. And so of course that's on a, on a minuscule level compared to what we have in Brady. And, and I, I think that we took for granted how good he was and, and, and not even, not even intentionally. I think we all know how good he is, but we, you can't help, but take for granted how great someone is when they're that good and they've been that good for so long. And so you know, obviously we hope this him as the next guy. And I, I, I tend to think that he is, but again, will there be another Tom Brady? I don't know. I mean, even a guy like Mahomes, you talk about Mahomes, but like Brady didn't just do it for five years or three years. He did it for 20 years. And so it's like Mahomes doesn't have to be just the best player in the league for the next five or five to 10 years. He has to be the next player in the league for the next 20 years to be as good as Brady was. And so Brady is on a whole nother level. And so, and shoot, I mean, would it surprise anybody? If he went down to Tampa Bay and made it to the Super Bowl this year with Tampa and just dragged them into the Super Bowl this year and threw for 5,000 yards and whatever, like, I mean, I'm not expecting that, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did it because it's freaking Tom Brady. And so, um, anyways, I I just, that's that's my my take on it. Yeah. So, of course you are. (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, you know, one last sort of memory of Brady that I sort of want to talk about here at the end was just his reaction to the Malcolm Butler interception. Like to see yeah. Tom Brady like just jumping for joy. Um, I don't think I ever remember seeing something like that. And so that moment sticks with me. And another moment, like sort of celebratory moment that sticks with me is when James White scored in the overtime game against Atlanta and everybody's losing their minds. And Brady's just like calmly reminding everybody, like, no, 
They got to review it. They got to review it. It's not a touchdown yet. Edelman comes running over. He's screaming. He's jumping on Brady's back. He's like punching him in the head. And he's like, no, they got to review it, Jules. It's not a touchdown yet. And then I forget who ran over next. And Edelman like grabs the guys like, no, they have to review it. It's like Brady's like calmness, even in that moment, like worked its way down into Edelman. And suddenly he's like, no, no, no. Daddy told me I have to. It's not a touchdown yet. I've got to calm everybody else down. Like that just sticks in my mind as well. I mean, just look, the greatest of all time. Like, what else is there you can say about him? Yeah. It's a good one. All right, Brian, you're up. Um, Man. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much else that hasn't been said, but, like, <laughs> it, it is it, it is truly going to be a once-in-a-lifetime, you know, if a 20-year thing can be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, we we won't see this again in our lifetime and especially with how, especially with the parody and, and how they, the league is, is working now to actively make sure that they have as much parody as possible. They don't want another pay. They can't, they can't have another Patriots team dynasty out there. That's, that's not, it's not actively good for the league to have one team dominate for that long um, in their minds. Right. It, as far as business goes, um, we just aren't going to see it. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, as, as from another fan base, like watching this right now and watching us all just talk about like how, you know, having all this like irreverent attitudes about what we watch. I mean, it just shows how, how important sports are to people um, and how, how much they, how easy it is to build memories around, you know, and, you know, with family and friends and, um, I think all of that Tom Brady plays such a crucial part in all of that for all of us that it's uh he's yeah. he's it goes beyond it goes beyond just all the on the field stuff you know Tom Brady is the guy you tell your kids that's who you want to be like when you approach something whether no matter what it is you know you attack it with a Tom Brady type mentality and that's that's the role model right like unless it's like a you know somewhat questionable health company but um yeah I, we're, we're, i'm gonna miss him man it's gonna be cool to watch him this year uh i hope he does great and um yeah we'll see where it goes from here kind of just love it you know to, to tack on to what brian said again i went to school with a bunch of friends from bills fans jets fans giants fans eagles fans and when the patriots beat the seahawks in 14 they they didn't get why I was celebrating. They didn't get it. They kept saying, oh, who cares? You have a bunch. Like, this can't possibly mean anything to you. You know, the Red Sox had just won. Uh, the Bruins win wasn't that long ago. It was like two, three years before. Right. So they're like, these can't – and even with regular season games, like I get excited about regular season games. I remember my – would have had to be my sophomore year against the Browns, right, when they should have lost. And then he hit Amendola at the goal line. Amendola ducked under the tackle, scored like a second left. Right, and I'm running up and down the hall, the the, the dorm, just screaming. I was like, "Oh my, who cares? You've three Super Bowls at the time. You've three Super Bowls. Like, it's a win over the Browns." And like, what I want the other fan bases to know is that it still was, it's still special. Every time they win, it's still special because it's not just about the title. You know, take you know this week where I have nothing to do. I'm trying to figure out if fill time. I can go and watch six Super Bowl DVDs. That's a whole day. Your team wins a title in February, and I, I, this has happened to me. 
Your team wins a title in February. Fast forward July, you're having a bad day. I don't know if something happens. You're in a nasty mood. All of a sudden, you pull open Twitter and you realize, oh, today's the day that they're going to crafts to get the rings. And there's going to be a bunch, bunch of videos of them getting their rings or whatever. Or, you know, you're just you're, you're bored someday over the summer in the spring and you see a highlight video from Brady pop up or somebody posts some, some mic'd up sound. Like winning, it's not about that moment. Like we just have so much of that. It's, it's, it's so hard to, like they think it's hard for us. They, it's hard to imagine us. And like, oh, these titles can't all mean anything when you've won so many. I can't imagine somebody not treasuring each and every one because they're all different. They're all their right. own memory. They're all special. They're all individual, right? Nobody, you know, you might have games that get lost here or there. I forgot what year the Browns game was, for for instance. I couldn't remember if it was my freshman or sophomore year. You're not going to blend two Super Bowls together. Nobody's going to blend two Super Bowls right. together. Nobody's going to blend two parades together right? unless you get drunk enough. But yeah, you know what I mean? yeah there, <laughs> it was one big parade there for a while. That's fair. But you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's I the one thing I want non-Patriots fans to know about what it was like to root for Tom Brady because I think it's the biggest misconception at least for real fans they're the pink cats are the pink cats can't do anything about them it never got old right. and we the, the true fans never took it for granted we knew each and every moment what how special it was what we were seeing and we knew that it could be gone any second especially after the knee injury in 08 we knew it could be gone any second so right. I don't want any other fan base to think that we got complacent or we didn't appreciate it because I think we did appreciate it in the moment. Yeah, I mean, that, well put. that says it really well. Uh, I think one thing that I would add, I mean, everything about Brady has been said already, but um, I feel like, you know, being in my position like five times on the way, I can't add one thing that hasn't been said yet. And it's when Brady announces the departure from the Patriots, there were articles in Austrian newspapers about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. That doesn't happen. That doesn't right. happen. That didn't happen when Peyton Manning left the left uh, left Indianapolis. That doesn't happen for any other transaction. But when Brady left the Patriots, that was a story because he was the face of the NFL, and he still is the face of the NFL for two decades. Without him and the success that he brought to the Patriots and the in this early internet era, there wouldn't be international games in London. There wouldn't be talk about the Jaguars coming to there every year. Brady turned the NFL into into an international product because of his story, because of how he handled things, because of the success he's had. He was truly on the mountaintop of of the sport for two decades and he sh- shaped it unlike any other person. I mean, of course you have Belichick, of course you have all those great players and coaches, but Brady is the one that stands stands out. And if some newspaper in Austria is going to cover him leaving the Patriots, that's that tells you all you need to know about his status, yeah. not just in New England, not just in the NFL, not just in the United States, but as a global icon. I mean, this guy really made the Patriots and the team the other day, the franchise the other day, and this whole global reach wouldn't be possible without him. So that's something we will never see again. And like Brian said, I don't think we will see this in our lifetimes again because what he did as a sixth-round draft pick in the salary cap era with all the stuff going on 
surrounding him. That's unheard of. That's surreal. That's like Mark said, no Hollywood script supervisor would let the pass because it's just so unbelievably crazy. But yet he did it. And we should be thankful yeah. to, be able to watch that and cover that and live it. So it was really, it was two amazing decades. I think like there's only a handful of these kinds of athletes in our lives, right? Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, uh, you know, um, Roger Federer for tennis. Um, yeah. Like, like, right. Like, I mean, who, who else? Yeah. I mean, there's crazy. maybe LeBron, you could make an argument. LeBron, that yeah, LeBron sure. is getting close to that. But, but I think yeah. some of it too, with, with Brady is the mentality was so much fun to watch. Like I, LeBron's the best basketball player on the planet, but I there's that mean streak. The one I, I kept comparing him to was Kobe. Oh, that's like the Michael Jordan, right? Like that's what right. yeah. like Brady yeah. Brady got angry when he succeeded. He didn't just get angry when yeah. he fell. I mean, you saw him just running down, screaming the fist pump. Like that he didn't just want to beat you. He wanted to embarrass you. He wanted to physically hurt you. He right. wanted it to be that that <laughs> after you were done with him, you never wanted to set foot on a football field again. Right. It wasn't yeah. how it wasn't for him. It wasn't, I'm going to win. It's here's how many I'm going to win by. And I feel like that mentality right. across all sports is really becoming rarer and rarer. And I personally, I love athletes like that. Well, That's my favorite is guys who just go right for the throat. And that yeah. like Stidham could be great. The next guy could be great, but to, to take it to that level is, I mean, we're just not going to see it again. When you have to have conversations right. about, um, you know, is an NFL team running up the score and is that okay? You know, that's the first right. time we've ever, like, yeah. like well, that's the conversations they were having during it, like during his career, like yeah. just in, like in, incomprehensible stuff. But I don't know, it's, it's awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, and I think what's great about it too. And, you know, kind of my last piece on, on Brady, even though I've said like my last piece on Brady, like four times, but the, the other part of it is even with that mentality, you never heard anyone say a bad word about him ever. Everyone that ever had an interaction with him, whether it was a, whether it was a regular person or an athlete or a competitor or a teammate, nobody ever said a bad word about him ever. And, you know, like, and even, you know, even Tampa Bay started in Tampa where they said, you know, well, what do you want? And he said, I just want the phone numbers of the guys. That's it. He didn't, he didn't want anything. He didn't need anything from them. He didn't need to run the playbook or, you know, have control of the offense or say you have to sign this person. He just wants to be able to talk to his teammates. And I think that that to me separates him even so much more because of yes, like you said, he wanted to go out and embarrass you and punch you in the face and, and, and kill you. But then he's the nicest guy in the world off the field and you respect the hell out of him and he respects you. And he's, you know, just the way he played the game. I mean, even look at Joe Mixon last year, right? Mixon where he was like, you know, he couldn't believe it. And he was so excited to play with Tom Brady and Brady sent him a, you know, autographed Jersey and he like was going nuts and Brady sent him like, that's the type of stuff. And, and he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to do that. You know, he doesn't have to be nice to people. He doesn't have to go out of his way to do, to do nice things for people. And he does, not because he's trying to be fake, not for the media, not for whatever, just because that's who he is. And I think that that to me also put him on another pedestal for me where I was proud to root for him. And I was proud to say he was, he was my quarterback. And, uh, and I think that that's something that we're going to be losing too, no matter, you know, no matter who the next guy is. So 
So, all right. Anyways, listen, guys, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you to Mark and Brian and Alex and burned and Murph who isn't on here and, and, uh, and Spags who isn't on here and Taylor who isn't on here. And we're trying to get, uh, Mike on here as well. That didn't, that didn't, uh, that didn't come to fruition, but thank you for, uh, for spending some time with us. And thank you for, for those of you that were watching and commenting and we appreciate it. And this is going to be released the podcast. Well, so you'll be able to hear it, uh, hear the conversation as well. If you didn't stick around, uh, for the YouTube page, but, Gentlemen, thank you for joining, and uh, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Be well. Thanks for having me.